At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. What's up to all y'all tuned in to this edition of Talking with T. I'm Tanisha Baker, and I'm delighted to join you once again to host the show with a flow that keeps you in the know as we bring you the latest in trending news, hot topics, and more. Hold on to your seats. You're in for a treat while we give it to you straight with no chaser. Today is May 22nd, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, supermodel Naomi Campbell and smooth R&B singer Johnny Gill. It is also the birthday of former CNN anchor Bernard Shaw and the late actor Paul Winfield, best known for his lead role in the movie Sounder. On this date in history, Bill Cosby became the first African-American to receive an Emmy for Best Actor in a Dramatic Series for his role in I Spy. And Benjamin O. Davis Jr. became the first African-American general in the U.S. Air Force. His father was the first African-American general in the U.S. Army. This month's theme is mind-blowing in May, and we have shared some really mind-blowing facts and stories each week. The first thing that blows my mind this week is that Justin Timberlake was the voice behind the McDonald's phrase, I'm loving it, and he was paid $6 million for that song. This week, I also read that when a person cries, if the first teardrop comes from their right eye, it is from happiness. And if it comes from their left eye, it is from pain. Now, y'all know I'm going to have to test this theory and I may get a chance soon because my baby is graduating fifth grade. Now, it may not be as monumental as high school or college, but for me, it is the end of him being a young boy as he approaches being a teenager and then a man. For me, looking at the reason my heart beats and the reason I work hard and the reason I fight for social justice and the reason I serve the community is enough to make my eyes get a little rain in them. While I'm on the subject of graduation, I have to once again congratulate all of those celebrating this graduating season. Whether it be high school, college, or kindergarten, they are all milestones and a doorway to the next phase of life. So again, congratulations. Saturday, I attended the gala for the 100 Black Men of Greater Knoxville. And I want to give a shout out to all the mentors and mentees of this great program, especially one of the newest mentees, my own sweetie, Mr. Tylen Baker. I love their motto, what they see, they will be. And this is so true. More of us need to invest in being role models and leading lives that are upstanding and examples of what we want our youth to exemplify as they grow up. That being said, you can find out more about supporting the 100 Black Men of Greater Knoxville or even becoming a mentor yourself through the link on my website, That's www.talkingwitht.com. And now let's hop right into our happy highlights. 
I'm proud to share that Pharrell is using his celebrity influence for good. During a recent commencement speech at New York University, he told graduates that we need to lift up our women. He also asked them to imagine the possibilities when women are not held back. Some of you may have heard the heartfelt speech by Jimmy Kimmel on his show as he shared his son being born with a heart condition. His comment stated that no one should have to face losing a child regardless of how much money you have. He was fortunate to be able to afford the best doctors, but what about those that can't? He shed light onto the ongoing controversy regarding the complete appeal of Obamacare. Maybe it needed some modifications, but everyone needs health care. This isn't a make-believe world of superheroes, and even they had a weakness. This is real life, with the lives of human beings at stake, even our most vulnerable ones, our babies. Well, the happy highlight of this story is that Snoop Dogg surprised Jimmy Kimmel with a generous donation to the Children's Hospital Los Angeles. Snoop Dogg gifted Kimmel with a check after hearing him speak. He said he wanted to make a donation to make sure that they were looking out for the next kid. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear this week's tip from Tarika. Hello, this week's tip is don't argue with crazy. We all have been in situations that we know that they have to be mental. When I say mental, I mean surely nobody with good sense would think that way. So if there's a topic that you are debating with somebody, and you know good and well, 99% of the people know that this is ridiculous, but this one person, let it go. If you find yourself going back and forth with somebody, and you, then you start questioning yourself like, well, wait a minute. Now, I know this person got, don't do it. See, they got you. Now you crazy. Don't argue. Don't even debate. You just got to throw your hands up and let them have it. Because no matter what you say, their mind is going to think exactly how they think, and there's nothing we can do to change it. Now, yeah, we'll say, that makes common sense. It is common sense. They don't have it. Don't waste your breath. Let crazy be. Don't go crazy with them. Please don't. We've all been there, and we all have those types of, I don't know if they're friends, associates, some family members. Don't don't go there with them. Let them have it. Just let them have it so you can keep your sanity. That is my tip for the week, and I've been talking with T. All right, let's take a hit at our Monday Minute Quick Bits. It is reported that New York City courts rely heavily on bail payments that thousands of inmates can't afford to pay, which means taxpayers have to take up the slack through the cost of locking them up. It also shared that on any given day in the city, nearly 4,000 people are behind bars awaiting trial simply because they can't afford bail. The city has to spend $116 million each year incarcerating people that can't pay bail yet have not been convicted of a crime. I shudder to think about 
how lives are changed behind bars when they could possibly be innocent. Days after Donald Trump was elected president, David Chappelle appeared on Saturday Night Live and encouraged us to give Trump a chance. He now regrets that advice and apologizes to viewers for his remarks. David Chappelle, I accept your apology. And now let the impeachment proceedings begin. Then there is a U.S. Representative Al Green, who is an African-American congressman out of Texas, who's receiving threats of lynching, among other things, since he has called for Donald Trump's impeachment. We are facing serious challenges during the current presidency, and I read that the NAACP President Cornell Brooks has been voted out by the NAACP National Board after holding the position for three years. It is said that they needed a, quote, system-wide refresh and strategic re-envisioning. Black Alabama Judge Greg Griffin denied a motion for him to recuse himself from a murder trial involving a white officer who killed a black man that was walking home from work. Judge Griffin had discussed being stopped by the police in his own neighborhood for, quote, walking while black, which led to the request to have him step down from the trial. Judge Griffin told Smith's lawyer, you brought race in here. He also said that I'm a black judge. I can take this black robe off, but I can't take off this black skin. I live in West Montgomery. I live in the hood. Should I recuse myself from every criminal case that has happened on the West side? And there you have it. I applaud Judge Griffin for taking this stand. You won't be shocked to know that arrest of undocumented immigrants without criminal records spikes 150% under Trump's administration. Don't touch that dial. I'll be back in a while after a little music on Talking With Tea.
Today to have the Talking with T team all back together. So we have P.I. Pam, our top investigator, but y'all know most often instigator, and the know-it-all Professor Jay bringing you trending news and hot topics. So how are the two of you, and I'm glad to have you back. Wonderfully well, as always, and glad to be back. Yes, I'm glad to be here where I have been for the last two weeks, unlike some people, but that's okay, though. We won't. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're not going to start our segment off throwing shade. Uh, We're going to move right on to our stories. Well, let me back up before I say that. You know, now Jay has how many church services on the weekend? So I'm not going to put, you know, I said last week, Jay, I'm not going to be like Steve Harvey. I'm going to appreciate you and the time that you have committed to the show. And I know you have three, four, seven church services over the weekend, and Not three, four, sometimes <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights. Friday and Saturday nights, and sometimes no, I record time. Friday night, Saturday day, Sunday. All right, there we go, boom. Amen. To clear that up. <laughs> yes. Let me just go and start with our first story. I know that. Everyone doesn't listen to Talking With T. I get that. They don't listen yet. But Notre Dame better listen to us or somebody because the students had planned to walk out during Vice President Pence's commencement speech. And the plan was for students to get up and quietly leave as soon as he started talking. And guess what? They did just that. Now, thousands of students and faculty members had signed a petition asking Notre Dame president not to invite Trump. But instead, the university invited Pence. So I don't know if that was much better, but they thought they were being slick. So I'll just have a little advice, you know, for these colleges and universities. Graduates want to hear from somebody they respect versus some high-status figure that doesn't have their best interest in mind. Right, because inevitably, the way that these graduations have gone these past couple of weeks, I'm sure that the administration, these various institutions of higher learning have been thoroughly embarrassed, you know, beginning with Betsy DeVos with her know-nothing tale, and now Mike Pence. Uh, you know, graduation is supposed to be a memorable time for those students who are participating and no doubt it is certainly memorable or has been memorable for even those of us who have already matriculated through undergraduate degrees and master's degrees and whatever other degrees we get. I mean, I, I feel like every time I watch a video with these protests, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like they weren't warned. Because in both occasions that we just talked about, the students and faculty had signed petitions and let them know how serious they were about not wanting their guests of choice as commencement speakers. 
Well, it seems by now that people would have figured out that if you are in a prominent position or you are in public service, that racial slurs can get you in trouble. And I don't understand why risk your livelihood because of ignorance. So one of the deans from Yale University has been placed on leave and will not be allowed to participate in the commencement activities because of what he said on Yelp, which, by the way, you know, I don't know if you use Yelp, but it's a popular app to read and share restaurant reviews. So anyway, his comment was, quote, and this was about a restaurant, I think it was a Japanese restaurant that he had gone to, quote, to put it quite simply, if you are white trash, this is the perfect night out for you. This establishment is definitely not authentic by any stretch of any imagination and perfect for those low-class folks who believe this is a real night out, over-salted and greasy food. I'm like, ooh, that was harsh. So anyway, yes, that that was unkind. So he's going to have to pay the price for sharing his private thoughts publicly in such a crude and distasteful way. And I think he added at the bottom, it said, side note, uh, the people are Chinese, not Japanese. Now, I probably would have known the difference, but, and I know that, yep, you know, you give your reviews, but I don't think he had to use the choice words that he threw in there. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it looked like he would have a little more common sense than that. Or even a better vocabulary. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that some people in Columbus, Ohio, are disappointed after the grand jury decided that Officer Brian Mason would not be held accountable for shooting 13-year-old Tyree King. And when the story came out, I remember reading that when the kid was confronted by the police, that he pulled out a BB gun. And I also remember thinking that that's a bad move because in today's times, if you pull out a gun on the police, and I don't care if it's purple and pink with polka dots and shoots water, if you pull a gun out, you are endangering your life. Yeah, it's a wrap. Huh. And, you know, let alone a gun like a BB gun that can be easily mistaken for a firearm. But, now, there's more to this story because when I was reading it this week as they were discussing that the officer was not going to be charged, the medical examiner that was retained by his family said, based on the location and direction of the wound pass, that it was more likely than not that he was running away from the shooter or shooters at the time he was killed. And not only that, there was a friend there at the time, and he confirmed that Tyree was running away and not pulling out a BB gun when he was shot. So the officer apparently had yelled for for them to stop running, and the friend stopped, but Tyree didn't. And so this officer, Mason, was placed on death duty after the incident. So my question is this. Can you blame a young 13-year-old, 13 years old, that's young, African-American boy for being afraid of the police, especially with all that's going on right now. And then maybe he ran out of fear. I don't know. But even if he should have stopped, is this another, you know, non-written death sentence that we don't know about? Like, I need a list. And it's also reported that this particular officer, um, it wasn't his first time being trigger happy. 
He was cleared of shootings in 2010, 2012, and 2013. So y'all can't see me, but I'm shaking my head from side to side. As am I. I mean, with the previous incidents, there should be some sort of bearing on how they deal with this most recent incident. Like you said, he has a history of being trigger happy, so, you know, you can't just immediately, in my opinion, immediately just assign him to desk duty without there being some sort of consequence uh, or repercussion for his action. Yeah, but it seems like with all the other incidents that he had, how did he even get back on the streets to patrol? Why wasn't he still on desk duty and and I'm just that's just confusing without his you know, two thousand ten. Now he had more than one where he's been trigger happy. That makes that makes no sense. Right. Well, a lot of it doesn't make sense. So while we shaking our heads, we're going to keep on shaking them because Officer Betty Shelby, that's out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, who shot unarmed Terrence Crutcher, and that's a more recent story that we remember. She was acquitted of his murder. Not only that, she's been on paid leave all this time. Which that I'm just saying that from now on, that's a vacation. When you're on paid leave, that's the same as a vacation. So she got mm-hmm. this vacation for shooting this unarmed black man. And it's reported that she's just going to go on right back to work like nothing happened. And so uh, in the words of Pam, if I speak, I'm going to cuss. So I'm just going to be right. quiet right now. Uh, well, I still I shake my head. I couldn't believe it. When I seen that she was acquitted, it was, well, then again, I'm thinking, okay, they. I think what they do, they charge them just to pacify us. You know, like we'd be like, oh, I'm so happy they, they charged them. I'm not, I don't care about you charging them. I want to see convictions. Right. We never, we hardly ever see convictions. And if charging means you get to sit at home and get paid, all right, I'm, I'm going to need something else to happen other than that. Well, before we move on, I want to share one more story. This is about a little five-year-old boy in Ohio who saved his parents whom had overdosed. This little boy walked two blocks alone in the dark. I know two blocks doesn't seem far, but he's five. And it's dark outside. He didn't have on any shoes. And he walked to a relative's house to get help. And he thought his parents were dead, but they had actually both overdosed on heroin. And had he not gone to get the help, they probably would have been dead. Now, I'm not judging people with drug problems. I don't know what led them down that road. And it's obviously very hard to break these drug addictions. But all I'm asking is, one, don't bring innocent children into the mix if you know you got a problem. Or two, entrust your child to someone else's care until you can take care of said problem. I can't imagine what this little boy, yeah, I can't imagine what he's growing up like, you know. And to see that and think your parents are dead. Mm-hmm. And then to and then to have to walk in the dark, scared is everything, you know, yes, trying to fine. figure out what to do and how to do it. Uh, I mean, that's a very easy way for these parents, and I put that in air quotes because I use the term loosely uh, in this mm-hmm. case, a, a very easy way to scar their child for life uh, because there's, there's no way that he – is going to be able to shake that image from his mind. Right, right. 
Well, yes, they, but my thing is this. For years and years, drugs have been an issue in our neck of the woods. You know, people have seen people on drugs, you know, family, friends, you know, people on opiates or whatever. But it seems like now since it's hit suburban America, it's become, a, become an epidemic. And now everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon to get everybody help. But, you know, where was our help all these years when they just drove by our addicts, you know, walking the streets or whatever, or laughed at them or, you know, things like that. It just seems like anytime something affects us, it's never an issue until it hits the other races. And then all of a sudden it's an epidemic and we need to get them help and, and it's out of control. It's been out of control. Well, all right, P.I. Pam. We'll uh, take I'm that opinion that. and let it sit right there. When you Well, Guess it's as fine time as any to move on to the Crazy Chronicles. And this story that I have, it isn't really funny, but it's just crazy. The state of Massachusetts has ordered a charter school to stop enforcing their hair policy. So the school is accused of promoting a dress code policy that unfairly targets students of color. They've been ordered to stop their ban on certain hairstyles. Their policy, which seems to directly focus on students of color, prohibits hair that is, listen to this, y'all, prohibits hair that is more than two inches in thickness and height, has shaved lines or shaved sides, and hair extension. So the school is also accused of applying their hair policy to punish students of color more frequently or more harshly than other students. So I just want to break this down. Two inches in thickness and height. Who thought of that? Like, they had to go out of their way to really think of that. And then you can't have shade size, so we can't even have a fade. No, you can't have a fade or flat top or some dreads. I I, I have questions. Okay, so let's think about the students of the lighter hue uh, who – tease their hair to the gods and put moose in there for eons and for the whole nation. Um, and inevitably, it's going to be more than two inches in thickness. And, you know, some of the students of the lighter hue do shade the sides of their hair. And, yeah, so do they face the same penalty as students of color or not? I, I just need to know because if they're going to do it, then I would say do it across the board. Right. So evidently right. that's part of the issue because they're saying that um, also that the policy isn't enforced across the board, that they are particularly trying to enforce it when it just comes to students of color because obviously when they created it, you know, they were really targeting styles that are most familiar in our culture. My third question is how – does this disrupt the learning process? And, you know, how does a hairstyle that is mentioned in this policy, you know, have a bearing on instruction? Because if it does not have anything to do with disrupting instruction or does not, you know, otherwise turn the learning process on its head, then let the students come in being happy to be, you know, kinky, nappy, whatever you want to call it, with the thickness, with the inches, whether they grew them or they went to the store and bought them or what. <laughs> right. I mean, 
Now, did they have anything? In, did they have anything in there about different color hair? They didn't, and I might have understood that, but of course not because, well, never mind. You know, yeah. No, they didn't have anything about colored hair. Oh, okay. Just wondering. Yeah. Mm. So I, it would seem to me that in a school setting, in these days and times, you'd have bigger fish to fry than to worry about if somebody had a fade or if they had a little weave in their hair. But, hey, I'm glad that the state stepped in and said, hey, y- y'all can't do this. Because it is a charter school. You know, sometimes these charter schools uh, create and craft their own rules of existence. But Massachusetts said no to that one. I was going to say when the score, when the test scores come back at the end of the year for the state test or whatever they take, you know, and they're not where they want them to be, then the administration is going to have egg on their face, as one of my dear friends said, because they spent more time worrying about how the kids' hair looks than, you know, what's really important. So, right. Bloop. <laughs> yeah, and so Pam had a story. Um, that she found, and I'm going to let her share that, and it definitely belongs here, uh, hook, line, and sinker right here in the Crazy Chronicles. So, Pam, go ahead. Yes, it's about a Zimbabwean. Is it Zimbabwean? Zimbabwean. We'll just, we'll just call crazy pastor from over in Africa. Oh. <laughs> Africa. Africa is a whole continent. I'm going to need you to, to specify the country. <laughs> okay. We have a pastor who claims to have God's direct phone number. Paul, say it, Hold it. Wait a minute. What? He, he has whose number? He has God's direct phone number. I think oh, that's G-O-D. Jesus is on the main line. Tell <laughs> what you want. <laughs> Jesus is on the main line. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, pal, wait a minute. Yes, yes, G-O-D's direct phone number. His name is Paul Sanyagor, and he's a controversial pastor from Zimbabwe. And he claims that he received God's phone number from the almighty man himself. And I'll present how to best help his congregation. How did he get the number from the Almighty? He checked, I mean, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> Sangor, Sangor, who, I guess is his name, who also goes by the name of Pastor Talent, first made this outrageous claim back in February after a video of him allegedly talking on the phone with God doing a service at his church, which is called Victory World International Ministries. And that went viral. And he has members? Yeah, he has ministers. He he revealed that he actually was on the phone with God during the service and added that he was surprised to see people so shocked about the whole thing. He died one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he said he gets instructions on the phone on what to do and say, you know, what's happening on Sundays. But the real crazy thing is, that he's about to start a show, and it's a show on Victory TV called Heaven Online, where more of his phone uh-huh. conversations with God can be heard. He said he even reveal he even is going to reveal God's personal phone number for people to uh, for people to be able to call him too. Pam, well, I don't even know who had the nerve to put that story in print. 
but I just want to make sure that the listeners understand it as I do, because I might have missed some parts. There might be some gaps in my understanding here. This man from Zimbabwe, Pastor Talent, is that his name? Yeah, Pastor Talent. Okay. He said God gave him his personal phone number, and he received instructions from God through his cell phone. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. That's Uh, it. Let's see. Now, God has used tablets of stone. He's used Uh fire. A burning bush. Yeah. And -hmm. and it's the 21st century. And so God is now going to reach us through our cell phones. Mm. Um, Jay, Jay, what are you going to be on? The main line. Now, keep in mind, this same preacher, no, he's a prophet now. He's the same one that has been convincing his followers to eat grass or human hair, drink motor oil, and even get sprayed in the face with bug spray if they want to be saved, healed, and delivered. Now, that's... Ah, Right there. What is all that... Wait a minute. What's this recipe of which you speak? Uh, bug spray and what else? Drink motor oil. What? For what? You know. So you can be saved. That, 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 you don't believe me? If you go to www.therealafrican.com, the 40-minute call where he's on the phone with Jesus is on there. Yeah. And you know I mean, that's a bunch of food, Mm-hmm. This is, but he has all these followers. It's just, I mean, are people just really that gung ho about just believing anybody? If you see this man, he looks crazy. Well, Pam, now you know we've had on occasion um, the opportunity to share some stories about different ministers, and I'm going to be careful, you know, because I don't know who. God called, whether he called him on the cell phone or however he called him. But, you know, we've had some ministers. And you remember the one that was selling the blood of Jesus? Yes, and people were buying it, and he was making big banks off of it. And I remember, you might want to lead us out, but I do remember one of the three of us, not me nor Jay, but one of the three of us actually called to try to see how we could purchase some of it, and it was on back order. And the only uh-huh. reason I'm bringing that up is there are people out here, I don't know if it's hopelessness or what, that will have them reach for anything. And so we got now the man uh, going to sell us, because I'm sure it's not going to be free. He's going to sell us Jesus' phone number or God's phone number like they sold the blood of Jesus. And then we had the pastor that said he'd been up to heaven, remember, and he took pictures up there with his cell phone and came back and was trying to sell the pictures. And yeah. then, remember, we did the story of the people that had the golden ticket to heaven. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, but that wasn't no prophet. That was two crackheads, though, so. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But the same year, they, they, was, they were selling them and people were buying them. That's just, I don't know. I just, I don't know people sometimes, especially kind of bunch of people that, will believe these uh, prophets or whatever they're so-called. This is too much. It's too much. And it, yeah, too much. it is. And it's not just a few. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people. That concerns me. Well, yeah. I don't think we have any more words. So 
we're going to let that be it for this bit. And I'll just wait to see what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And, you know, I'm going to say it. It's all right now. Well, as you know, we highlighted several stories today that have many more details than we had time to share. But you can read the full stories through the link shared under today's show on the Talking with T website. That's www.talkingwitht.com. Our local announcements include the Knoxville Comedy Splashdown, which will take place on May 27th at the Homer Hamilton Amphitheater at the Chilhawi Park with our very own P.I. Pam hosting the show. We're also anticipating the voice finale, which includes Knoxville's own Chris Blue. Make sure you vote and download his songs on iTunes. Let's stand behind our hometown champion. As we discuss many topics on Talking With T, if you would like to share your thoughts and opinions, call area code 865-409-1170. We would love to hear from you. We also want to continue our celebration of T's top teens and hometown heroes. So if you would like to make a nomination, you can also do that through the website. Well, once again, we've come to the end but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember, you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. New shows will continue to drop each Monday. But in the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. And on that note, I'll end with a quote. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Dr. Wayne Dyer. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.